Thank you guys for tuning in to the A Champion's Mind podcast. I'm here with special guest Scott Law, who rides for the Elevate KHS Pro Cycling Team. And uh, we're here up in a hotel room in McKinney, Texas. He's getting ready to take on one of the bigger crits here in Texas and came in from California to add some pedigree to the field. So, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Mario. So we're just going to have a quick chat here. We're going to kind of just shoot from the hip and uh, just have a good good chat. So Scott, tell us a little bit about your background, kind of how you got started and kind of where you've been and some of the stuff, some of the cool things that you've done. Yeah, so I started cycling probably when I was about 12 years old. Uh, so I've been riding now for about oh, 15 years now. Gosh, that's a long time. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I first sort of started, my father and then his sort of father were both heavily involved in cycling, uh, probably my dad more so than my grandfather, but um, yeah, he um, he was a very competitive cyclist back in the day, uh, ne- nearly went to, or went to a few national championships, nearly got selected for Commonwealth Games, um, and kind of took a step back from the sport when I was born and then my brother was born and then when the 2000 Olympics came around he jumped jumped on it and caught the bug again and and threw the leg over the bike and decided to get back into it and uh, my brother jumped at the idea straight away and I was a little bit hesitant (laughs) because I was kind of one of those uh, fat kids trapped in a uh, fit kid's body, just wanted to sit inside and play video games all day, or uh, whenever it came to a sport, I was always the one that ended up doing the the easiest job, so I played uh, soccer for a while, so I was always goalkeeper. Um, funny story about that, actually. Uh, <laughs> We had a game once and one of the mums was filming the game and because the ball was up the other end the entire, most of the game, so we were winning, I decided that I needed a nature break and turned around and peed on the goalpost while the game was still going and one of the mums actually caught it on film and to this day my mum still threatens the fact that she has that on film somewhere and I'm still waiting to see it because I kind of want to see it, it would be funny. So, um, yeah, well... Coming back to that, I I was always sort of one of those kids that wanted to play sports but never really wanted to get fully involved in a sport type thing. So um, I was pretty active as a kid. I did swimming, I did soccer, I did. We have a game back home called touch football, which is a lot like our sort of football, but you don't know, tackle each other. Um, and then yeah, so when I was about twelve to thirteen years old, my dad decided. Yeah, he was like, well. He sort of said, well, we're not driving to two separate sports on a weekend, so you either choose cycling or you don't do anything. And I was like, well, okay, this is obviously a test, so (laughs) I'm obviously doing cycling. So, um, yeah, got into it, got into it then and started riding a bit on the track, which is kind of where he sort of came from and, um sort of took me a little while to get used to it we you always used to have little mini battles at the our local track of uh i'd come around and do a lap of the track pull up on the fence and say oh my knee hurts he's like no go do another lap come around (laughs) it's like oh i feel like i'm getting a cold no do another lap and just kept going and going i think one day i wore him out to the point where he's like get in the car now and i was like okay so i thought i'd won and i sat there and i was like Oh, now I feel guilty. So I jumped back on the bike and I think that was the sort of moment that it sort of clicked in my mind that I was like, 
I kind of actually enjoy doing this and kind of started getting into it a bit more, started making more friends out of it and then it just sort of flourished from there and now I, I don't think I could ever stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like one of those things where it's like you reach this threshold where you were like you're making excuses, right? And you're trying to get out of doing the work. But then you get out of doing the work and you're like, no, wait a minute. I actually like the work. Yeah. Like I actually like sitting in here in the car is not as fulfilling. It's not as satisfying for me as actually being out there and exercising and being on the track. Right. So it's funny how we're, you know, people would look at some of the things that we do and they're like, man, you're crazy. Like, how could you do that? But if you really tap into us, it's like, well, we, we, we need to do that. Like yeah. you don't understand, like putting me inside and putting me in front of a television and air conditioning versus going out and, you know, I mean, I was just talking about how the fact that like driving on the way up here, you know, it's 98 degrees and people don't understand me sitting inside comfortably in air conditioning versus going out and racing my, racing your bike tonight. Like, no, it's just not a question. I would much rather be doing that, even though to the common outsider, it seems like that would be what you would want to do. It's the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit about this. So, you know, your dad like ramps it back up for the Olympics. Sounds like he's done some really, really cool things. He had some accomplishments to his name and just was was competing at a high level. So how did that, you know, you're 12, 13, you kind of start getting into this thing. You know who your dad is, right? And you know what he's done. Like, how did that mentally, you know, what was the what was the thought there? Was it, oh, man, my dad's done these cool things like. I want to do these cool things, but, but was there any tension there that you put or pressure that you put on yourself thinking to yourself, like, you know, that that's my dad. Like, this is a family thing. Like we're supposed to be good at this. Like, how did that, how did that play out? Yeah. I think it was kind of when I sort of took a step into it and started really going for it, I kind of wanted to do our, like kind of do our family name proud in a sense. And, and talking to a lot of people, like a lot of professionals back in the day that sort of have like raced with my dad like the likes of Gary Sutton who's now the head coach for the um, USA track Mm -hmm. cycling team had always said like was always spoke highly of him as not so much the guy that was getting these massive results and being like a world champion or anything like that but he was like the hard knocks kind of guy that was always there was always the one that was super smart on the bike and like he was like the perfect tactician Mm. on the bike and that's kind of what I kind of learned from him and that's what a lot of people have said to me now is like you're a lot you're very very much like your dad like 100% like your dad and that to me is an achievement that I I really can't thank enough for him Yeah, yeah yeah well and you've and you've You've come. I mean, it's not like we're just going. Oh, cool. He's good tactically, but he hasn't done anything. I mean, you've done some things, right? So, I mean, we were before we came on here and started the you know recording. Like we we went through like some of the accomplishments that you've had. You've had plenty, like on the track, and then you got into road cycling, and you know you're riding for Elevate KHS now, which is a, a road cycling team, and you've had some good results. So you've been able to like put together the tactics with the training and the physical preparation because you can't just be good you can't just be good tactically and expect to achieve a result just like you can't be really really strong either and not have the tactics like you've got to have some kind of a combination of both of those and it maybe isn't always a 50 50 split right but it's some combination therein. um 
so yeah, and I mean, I was you know at the uh, I was at the camp in uh, California. So full disclosure here, like uh, you know, um, I I am pretty close tight with Elevate KHS. I don't ride for the team, but uh, I got invited out to their camp in California just to kind of see how the organization runs and see some things about it. And I was out there, and it was really really neat. We got to do an exercise where. Um, the, the director sportifs like set two teams up to do like a pace line exercise where they were going to let these two teams go and one team was going to go out in front and the other team was going to kind of chase them. And it wasn't supposed to be a chase, but it kind of turned into one because, you know, the team saw the gap and everything. But I had the pleasure of being on the team with Scott and Scott was, you know, nominated as, uh, you know, he's our road captain. He's a guy that's good tactically. So and it was just really, really neat to see like how you took a role in teaching you know you had guys like like me who have never ridden at the level that you ride at and we had some other guys that were a little bit you know like really big engines but maybe not as good as you tactically and it was really really interesting to see you take on that teaching role because you got us together and you got us to work in a way where we were really effective I mean we were really effective and again I mean some of the other guys might listen to this and you know get a little bit uh, a little bit hurt by the statement but like the other team like when they came by us, they were missing guys and we had all of our guys still and we were all still rotating through very smoothly and very efficiently. Um, so kind of talk a little bit about, because I know what kind of I pulled you aside and asked you about that. I talked to you a little bit about that and you, you kind of talk about the fact that you, you like that role of being able to pour into some of these guys and teach them. And that's also part, a big part of the reason why you've been brought on Elevate KHS, not only for the legs and the fact that you've already won some races, but the fact that you can help some of these other guys that have tremendous potential to teach them to be in the position where they can win some races too. So talk a little bit about kind of how you how you play that into, you know, your role and how you see that. Yeah, I think like cycling, a lot of the time nowadays, a lot of people seem to think that cycling is solely based on what your functional threshold power is. And how well you can time trial, or how well you can ride a hill, or like, oh, this is how many watts I can do in a sprint. It's like, well, in my experience, I've found that like 70 to 80% of the battle is mental. And you can you can be the strongest guy in the race, but you can still be outsmarted. And that's kind of where I've been brought up with, is like you, the, the game that you've got to play is mental, not physical. And you've got to work and poke and prod those little, like push all those little buttons to see how you're going to get the best out of all the other riders and even your opponents without having to break a sweat yourself. And that's kind of worked in my favor over the years, like learning from my dad and learning from a lot of other people in like sprinters and stuff like that. Um, and sort of being able to pick up all those little bits and pieces and, and sort of actually form it into a, a pretty sound kind of strategy. Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's jump into the part that I'm most excited to, to talk to you with you about because I am not a sprinter. Scott is a sprinter. Scott is one of the best sprinters in the country going right now. And so how do you, how do you, ha how do you handle that? Right? Like it's, I mean, you know, people watch this stuff on TV. You go and you watch a race. I mean, it is, it is cutthroat. Like you're coming to the line with a bunch of guys you're looking to go places where the bike might fit, it might not. I mean, like, talk to me. Like, how do you how do you balance that, right? Like, you're you're in that war zone in that moment. Like, what is it that's going through your mind, if anything? I don't even know. I mean, yeah. to walk us through, like, okay, Scott, you're coming you're coming into a sprint, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of these. You're gonna get a shot. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's 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 one of those weird situations where you're kind of you're super mentally alert 
but you're kind of in this like meditation zen kind of zone where you're kind of just following like the ebb and flow of the bunch and and figuring out okay like all right we're coming up to this turn but like you know that especially i'd say in a crit situation um most of the time i'll sort of start the crit and sort of find my rhythm within the crit sort of get to know the course and figure out okay like this is a tight like 90 degree right hander I'll go on the left hand side of the bunch because I know it gets really jammed up on the inside so I don't want to keep like sprinting like stop start sprinting and doing all that kind of stuff so it's kind it's it's a super weird kind of zen meditation type zone where you're super alert and you just you're just so used to your surroundings where you're kind of like, okay, I know that that's the sprinter I need to be on or I need to follow that move or I need to be on my teammate's wheel. And you've just got to be thinking like six or seven steps ahead. So when it comes to like a crit, it's like, it's not as though you're trying to get your lead out train going with one to go and just go, all right, let's go balls to the walls. It's like, no, no, you're like thinking like 10, 15 mm. laps Mm. well before that like thinking like okay I've got to find them I've got to get together alright let's let's get it going and yeah it's just one of those things where you kind of pick up all these little bits and pieces over time and then all of a sudden you just get into that kind of zone and it just instantly like hits you and you're just like okay alright now I need to know that like alright I've got to follow like John Murphy because he's the fastest sprinter in this group or I've got to follow like Brad Huff or okay I know those are my danger men for the for the day or like Holloway or whoever in the race and just sort of think that okay I've got to be in front of those guys or be aware that they're kind of there and really work off of them as well as sort of feeling the flow of the bunch and feeling who's strong who's weak what are the good teams what are the bad teams um what kind of points in the race uh where you kind of get like you could get caught up or where it's like okay i know that there's like a super long straight up the home straight but there's a couple of like tight turns around the top or whatever and i know it's going to be super strong out up the straight so i'm just going to take a chill wait like wait to the last second and then like zip up around the corner or do that and move up my five or six spots rather than burning all my matches mm. up the front straight and then having nothing but the sprint so yeah that's kind of it's kind of a weird it's a really weird kind of place you kind of go to but you're just so like in this sort of bubble where you just know exactly who and what and where to yeah. be. Yeah, well, you talk about like a zen-like meditation, right? And so people will look at the finish video and they'll see you gritting your teeth and you're grabbing the bars and y'all's legs are all flexed up and everything like that and you guys are just giving it everything you've got, right? And that's the that's the unleashing of a sprint, like doing, you know, whatever, 12, 13, 14, 1500 watts, whatever, you know, whatever you do. But before that, people don't understand that you're trying to remain as calm as possible. Like you said, zen-like meditative because if you don't, then you, like you said, you lose Daniel Holloway in the group or you forget that you're coming up to the turn where you get pinched off and that's where you make tactical errors. So people watch a bike race and they think, oh, how cute. You know, they're just pedaling a bike, but you're 
from what you're saying, this is you're studying, right? As mm-hmm. if you've if you've especially if you've never done the course before and you have no recon of it whatsoever, um, which I think is going to be the case for you tonight. You haven't done this race, like you're riding and you're you're really trying to take in as much information as possible. And if you're too aroused, if you're too stirred up, if you're too emotional, if you're too jazzed up about where you are and the music going and stuff like that, you miss some of these bits and pieces of information that you're going to need later on, right? To be able to uh, to be able to do what it is that you need to do. So just really neat. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it, I, I guess it is a, a weird place to be, but you're right. Like you're, you're trying to take in so much data and you're trying to study and you're trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going on. Um, a, a lot of people would, and this is, I think where a lot of people, there's a, there's a line between, you know, what, how, how an, how an amateur would approach something like this and how a professional would approach something like this. You know, a professional is, you guys are studying like you guys are hitting the books and like you'll have an amateur and you'll be like hey do you realize how you know tight that turn was and how much you had to get bunched in that thing like every time and they'd be like oh no man I had no idea right and the race is over whereas like you'll pick that up on the first lap right so it's just having that awareness but at the same time you've got to have the fitness to be able to divert your attention and not be like oh man I'm about to get dropped so I've got to really focus on the wheel in front of me like, oh man, I'm fit enough to like, okay, I'm here and I can stay here. Okay, let me look around and let me figure out what's kind of going on, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, really neat. But what about the, let, let's let's end with this. So, you know, you're bunch sprinting, right? And I mean, I've heard several professionals say, you know, your odds are one in 20 if you're coming in with 20, one in 10 if you're coming in with 10. If you've got five guys that are sprinting, you're one in five, right? So the odds aren't always great. One in five, which is a pretty narrowed down sprint. If there's just five guys drag racing to the line, that's only a 20% chance of winning, right? So, I mean, you're, the odds are like against you. So with sprinting, sometimes you get it right. And a lot of times you get it wrong, right? Even if you've got really, really good legs and you don't do something well, simply because maybe you were on the wrong wheel and that guy didn't have the day he was going to have or somebody moves over on you or, you know, there's a million things that I'm sure that you could, you know, enlighten us to. But what I want to talk about is what, how do you, how do you keep coming to the table when you get it wrong, right? Like how how do you, you know, how, how do you go... Well, I, I botched that one, you know, or I just didn't have it. I mean, you didn't botch it. Maybe you just didn't have the legs. You got beat by somebody that was better than you on that day. How do you keep coming to the table over and over and over again going, well, that's okay. I've got, I've got next, you know, another one coming up. Yeah. I think it, it's a lot like that. Like you just know that there's always, there's always another bike race out, out there, whether you win or lose. Like, um, like I was talking to one of my teammates the other day, Brian, like we had a chat about how that you should never be con- you should never be like content with your position like no matter whether you win or lose or whatever like we've had like I've had situations before where we've won bike races and we're super stoked on it but there was like five or six different things that we could have done better to make that result even better but we were so happy with the fact that we'd won that we didn't really care mm-hmm. and then three or four bike races later we were doing exactly the same thing again and getting beat yeah it was just more so a luck type thing so uh when it comes to that kind of thing i i guess i just generally kind of look at doing my absolute best out on the bike and and then when it, if it doesn't come off then i'm like okay what what happened 
And if it does come off, I'm still like, all right, what happened? Like, I need to figure out exactly what bits and pieces sort of came about to make that result even better. Like, uh, we had, uh, what was it, Dana Point the other week, and we went, what was it, first, first, third, and fourth in the race. And we were super stoked with that. Like, that was the best result the team's ever had for Dana Point being a local race, and everyone was super happy with it but I still myself and Brian and even Paul had sort of said that that could have gone better that could we could have gone one two three easy Mm -hmm. and just looking back at it all we're like okay this could have been this and this could have been that and yeah you just never you should never be I guess I don't know how you say it but like be content with well something with your laurels Mm -hmm. I can't remember how I said but (laughs) um yeah so it's just one of those things where you shouldn't like yeah I guess that's that's about it really I think you should just keep fighting to be better yeah no matter what no matter what the result is you just keep fighting to be better yeah well and both of both of those things winning or you know not doing well both of those present their challenges when again you're you're talking about studying. You're talking about like we're going to, you know, go through and we're going to have a chat, you know, with everybody that was there and people that were on the outside watching this. And we're actually going to put everything on the table. We're going to break it down. We're going to look and see how we could have done things better, how we could have moved these pieces around. Because sure, we, you know, when you win, like you said, it's people want to celebrate and we want to just kind of go, hey, that was obviously, could we have done any better than first place? No, in terms of the results sheet. Now, in terms of the process, could we have done better? And the answer, like, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. The answer should always be yes, right? So in a sense, like the victory, we got to be careful because that provides the whole, well, we can just go ahead and pack up the van and go and not even talk about this one because we did well, right? Um, you know, the other side of it would be if we don't if we don't do well. So if it doesn't go off well, then, you know, a lot of times we don't want to do the painful thing, which is, hey, we're still going to sit around the campfire and we're still going to talk about this thing. And it's going to stink because, you know what, like there's going to be, you know, in love. Hey, you you could have done that, you know, you could have done that a little bit better, you know, maybe getting over here and guys not getting upset and, and, and feel like they're being judged or criticized. Like we're just all looking to do this better. And we, we really are a, a well-knit team or whatever. And we're just all looking out for everybody's best interest. Yeah. You know, we just want to do our best. But you're right, always kind of punching forward because if you don't, that, like you said, that's how you get beat, you know? And, um, you know, you can't, you can't rest on it, especially with you guys just being on the road and doing so many races, you know, it's, it's bound to, it's bound to come apart. You're bound to have your peaks. You're bound to have your valleys in a season and you've got to have something in place that allows you to have the same process throughout good, bad, or somewhere in the middle to just be able to continue to get better. And, um, so, well, um, I mean, is there, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Let, let's do this. Uh, give, give us some tips for anybody that's listening, just some things that you would think, man, this would be good for, for folks to know. Like this has been something that I've really, and you've already given us some great information, but maybe one or two more things. Like this is something that I really feel would be beneficial for people listening to know. I think when it comes to, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, with professional cycling and stuff is my me personally my general kind of thought process is if you're not out there on the bike and you're not enjoying it then there's no point in doing it like cycling should be and 
and anything in life should be enjoyed and you because life's too short to not enjoy it so for me i i love riding my bike and i love getting out on the bike and racing and doing this that and the other and catching up with friends and and doing all that so for me you just need to find your happy place and just get out on the bike and enjoy it whether you're out for an hour spin with friends having coffee or like racing competitively like don't put so much pressure on yourself because once you do that that's when it all falls apart and that's kind of how I sort of approach a lot of my racing too is I'll I'll tend to sort of not so much push away the race coming up itself but I'll try to relax and just get out there and enjoy it because it's like I'm out here racing with my friends and and just enjoying what I'm doing and and that's kind of helps me to sort of find that kind of happy place and just go into that kind of zen mode when I'm racing it's just like I'm out on my bike racing and I'm having fun and there's nothing better in the world than doing that I guess yeah yeah well and if that piece of advice is coming from somebody who's been a professional now for quite a long time and he gets paid to do what he does and he's telling you that the key to him being a professional for as long as he's been is to make sure that he's having fun then what about those of us like myself that are amateurs that are actually I'm actually going to pay money to go race my bike and then I'm not going to do well and I'm going to get upset like how does that that doesn't make sense right I mean if I if, if I just had to pay money to do this so Spot on on that, and I'm glad that you brought that up, and I know you had brought it up before, and I missed kind of, you know, jumping on that and teasing it out a bit further, but yeah, I mean, guys, you guys have got to have fun with what you're doing. If you're, if you, quote unquote, enjoy and have fun training, and then when you get to your competitions, you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. Um, there's some, there's too much pressure being placed upon you by, it could be by yourself. Uh, pressure is always an inside job. You could, you could say that somebody else is putting the pressure on you, but you could always deflect that. You, you don't have to accept the pressure from other people to perform. You can always deflect that back to them and choose not to allow it to affect your mindset. Um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna end on that one. And, um, ending on that, um, Scott does like to be goofy. He does like to, uh, to, to mess around. He's, he's a funny guy. He has a good sense of humor and, and that's, you know, uh, so Scott, for, first thing I want you to do is, um, give people your, uh, your socials cause, oh, because you've got, I'm going to plug this for him because I follow him and on Instagram, he's got videos of like what went down at Dana point. He's got videos of like what went down at, uh, what was that one where you bumped? Was that the one where you bumped that guy off the, your lead out? Uh, was that Dana point? Oh yeah, I think um, that was. I think, yeah, I think Corey has that somewhere. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, it might be on Corey's. Yeah, um, but yeah, it should be around somewhere. <laughs> okay, so we'll 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 plug Corey's in. Corey's at uh, Nation's Number One Beast. That's his Instagram, and he's got a video on there. And Scott's in a lot of those videos because they did the crits together. But Scott's Instagram handle is. Uh, it is Scotty Law ninety one. Um, so that's both Instagram and Twitter and. Also, it's just Scott Law um, athlete page on Facebook, and yeah, just keep up to date with all the goofy, weird stuff that I end up doing. <laughs> yeah, go go check him out because he's got uh, he's got some good stuff on there. And again, you know, it's uh, if you watch it with a lot of these cameras that these guys have on their bikes and stuff like that. If you really watch them, you can study and get a, get a good idea of how these guys do what they do. And you really should be learning from these guys. I mean, if they're if they're faster than you and they're being successful, then why not? It's free information that's out there for you to be able to take in. So jump on and check him out. Uh, you guys also have the team team accounts, right? So yes, 
Yeah, we do. So we've got uh, Elevate KHS Pro Cycling on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and I think at the moment we're doing a promo with uh, Topical Edge. All right. So uh, I think uh, get onto the Facebook page, give us a big thumbs up, big like, uh, big follow. And uh, I think the first person to comment on this podcast with the words hot sauce, uh, which is uh, my nickname. Uh, I don't know why I have it, but <laughs> it's just stuck. So um First person to comment with the word hot sauce wins uh, a nice little Topical Edge prize. All right, so here's the giveaway uh, for Topical Edge. By the way, if you don't know what Topical Edge is, um, you guys, I, I heard a rumor that you guys at Elevate KHS, you guys fight over this stuff if it's in if it's in low quantity in the van, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian, Brian's usually the one that steals <laughs> it all. He's li- Even though he's short, he's got big fat quads and seems to steal it all. But uh, yeah, there's a bit of a... Bit of a battle for it. Um, I know, coming from a track background, I've definitely seen the uh, perks of the bicarb and using bicarb, but you always had that trouble after the bike getting back to the hotel and, pardon my French, but sitting on the toilet for a few hours. Um, But yeah, with Topical Edge, you get none of that and you get all the benefits plus more, so it's an incredible product and yeah, I'm... I've loved using it this year and can't wait to use it more in the future. All right, hold on, because I've got to get into this. I'm sorry if we're going over on time, but okay. So sodium bicarbonate is uh, baking soda, right? And so everybody, so what Topical Edge does is it's a topical cream that you can put on that mimics the effects of ingesting baking soda. Baking soda is a base. Uh, If you're good at physiology, lactic acid is an acid. So the base would neutralize the pH of the lactic acid and therefore make your body think it isn't producing any, which, you know, I'm not going to get into it here, but lactic acid is actually a good thing that keeps you from killing yourself. But um, ingesting sodium bicarbonate, ingesting baking soda has been something that that riders have done because they know that it works. And so, Scott, you got to tell me, man. So you used to regularly ingest this stuff for your track races? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was part part of our uh, protocol for the the Australian team was uh, we had a whole bunch. We had a bit of a um, concoction of things. Um, (laughs) There was bicarb, caffeine, beetroot juice. um, Yeah, it just didn't never ended well and <laughs> always ended up with a few few hours spent in the bathroom but uh yeah this this stuff uh topical edge is just next level like, there you go it is the the best of the best that's it y'all so we want to give away we're going to give away two tubes of this stuff so here's where you can get the first one and the same person can't win both okay but jump onto the elevate khs facebook page First person to, to comment with hot sauce, you get you get a tube right there, and I will get that out to you. You, I'll, I'll message you uh, off the cuff and get you your your mailing address, and then jump onto the utmost performance Facebook page as well and comment with hot sauce on there. First person to do that, I will go ahead and mail you out a tube of Topical Edge, so you guys can see what we're talking about, and so that you guys can be out training and racing instead of sitting on the toilet like some of those other guys that are going to keep ingesting <laughs> baking soda. So anyhow, Scott, man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, taking on Bike the Bricks tonight here in McKinney, one of the bigger races in Texas, and um, I know you're looking to you're looking to go big and score another win for Elevate KHS, man. So best of luck. Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks for having me. No worries, Scott. Take care.